today I woke up oh, 90 minutes earlier than usual, so I'm a little uncomfortable. Hello? Hi, Merlin. Hi, hi, Dan. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Well, well, you sound like you were using your computer. I use computers here in the, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that part of your workflow? I use computers for uh, purposes here and various, various, various things, purposes, business purposes, purposes, business, business, business purposes, different you, purposes. You pause me again, Dan. Are you ducking me? No, this is good. Hi. Hey, good morning. How are you? <laughs> is this still early for you over there or what? Mm. I feel great. I I don't feel great. (laughs) What's What's going on up there? You sound a little little hoarse. You sound like you're coughing. I'm a a pony. A pony. I'm a little hoarse. A little hoarse. We're reading the Narnia uh, books. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of horses in those. A lot, way more horses than you would think. In a there single used to be more horses, Dan. I'm I'm pretty sure I've checked this. I'm pretty sure there used to be more horses. Centaurs. Centaurs. Centaur. Centaurians. Pegasus. <laughs> Winged horse. Hippocampus. Is it good? We're on the last one now, which is called the last battle. That's now is that canonical? Is it in the right order? You went back and you're now you're reading them in the order they were published. Yes, published order. That's the way to do it. Is that right? Well, that's what I think. But uh, Cash, after we finished The Magician's Nephew, which is chronologically the first one, at the end of it, uh, it it kind of explains how the whole thing with Narnia kind of began. And he's sitting there at the end of it and he says, you know, we should have read that book first. And that must have been frustrating to you. Uh, Well, I said, well, we're reading them in the order they were written. And he said, okay. He said, all right. But he said, but... This one explains how all the other books happened. I said, yeah. He said, so we should have read that one first. (laughs) I said, okay. And you should tell him to quote C.S. Lewis, if a frog had wings, he wouldn't bump his ass a hopping. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Bushes and butts were centaurs and nuts. We'd all have a bowl of cherries. Is this something you prepared for? (laughs) It's awfully early, Dan. Yeah. I woke up. I woke up. Da-da-da-da-da. And I woke up at like like four Pacific time and I couldn't. Oh couldn't my really gosh! Yeah, I did get a. I got a text from you. Yes, that was. I, I emailed you. I emailed you. I responded to you. It was an email. email. That's right. It was okay. That's how it was so weird. I got an email response from you, which must seem weird to get an email Period. from me at, at six my time. You must be thinking he's been hacked, <laughs> right? Except it was, it was really you. I could tell by the, because, the style of prose. Because I was so smart about it. Well, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, first of all, it would be that would be almost the same thing as like if I, you know, placed a, a you were on time for something. If I was on time for something, or if I placed like a home baked pie on your doorstep and said. <laughs> You know, something special for you on your doorstep. That's about that's, how strange it would be to get an email from you at seven. I'd say, how did Dan and his pie get here? This is odd. <laughs> yeah. This is odd. Yeah. But you think part A, it's like it's like five or six something Merlin's time in Ugh. part two. He doesn't use email. What's happening? Right. Or maybe you only use email if you're up that early. But mm, yes, that's right. Yeah. I gotta play defense with my morning phone. Why were you up so early? I couldn't sleep. I woke up at like four. And I, I had trouble getting back to sleep. We got new pillows, which I'm pretty excited about. What kind? Um, you know, soft and firm, nice pillows. Are they nice uh, pillows. down down pillows, feather pillows, or are they I foam? Think, 
I think they're foamy. I think they're foamy. I'm not, Don't I'm not foam sure. Are the best. But see, the way you could tell it was from me was because I got all Van Hoot on you. Uh, so, uh, this is not the image that I ever <laughs> Right. So, uh, we, <laughs> well, that's a good segue into our, you into know what, our thing. Can I, can I make a suggestion, Dan? Yeah, of course. I've always wanted to Just now, are you ducking me? I'm not ducking. I think we got latency. No, I, I'm I not ducking. Off. I turned everything off. Well, you're recording your, your end. We'll use yours. Which one am I? Big one. I, um, I, Dan, can I make a suggestion? Yes, I make the suggestion already. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Tell hey, buddy. Me, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> Thanks for the pie. Yeah, you like that. <laughs> Nothing like some morning pie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So let's do something we don't normally do, which is try to be helpful. Can okay. we do that? Yeah, let's try it this time. You have been a fan for a long time of, uh, I didn't realize how old this book is, uh, a Stan Sakai comic book. Yes, called- Usagi Yojimbo. Sagi Yajimbo, you're a big fan of that. And uh, I thought we should share with our listeners, because we don't usually help people, we should share with them um, an opportunity that they have to show some love to Stan Sakai. Yeah, so this is um, this is a, a kind of a sad story in a way, but there, it's, it's a good opportunity to help people out. And that, um, it, so Stan Sakai is the, if, if you remember, for those comic book fans who've been around for a long, long time, if you remember Gru, he used to do the lettering in Gru, and uh, and then eventually started doing his own comic called uh, Usagi Ojimbo, which is about a samurai rabbit. But trust me, it's 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 really great. The art, the stories, he does everything himself. It's creator owned. So instead of being owned by a publisher, he owns he owns the character. He owns everything, and he's been with a few different publishers. I don't these days. I don't read a lot of you know in a lot of comics that are printed. I'm I'm kind of moved to digital, uh, but I own every single. Usagi Ojimbo issue that's ever been made, regardless of the publisher, like every it's been single out since one. Like, of them. like the eighties or early nineties, yeah, 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 long time. I would need to actually wow. check to see when it was first published, but I mean, I've got every single one of them, and I've even got the first, which is this is showing my uh, retentiveness. I even have the first appearance of Usagi Yojimbo in a CGC graded uh, episode of uh, issue of Albedo Number Two. Anyway. Big fan of Usagi Ojimbo, big fan of Stan Sakai. His wife has uh, a brain tumor and it's been, she's been suffering from it for a long time and she was in the hospital for a while and now she's back home, but she has to get 24 hour care and medications are very expensive and it's, uh, it's way, way beyond what their insurance covers. So the uh, organization called the Cartoon Art Cartoon Art Professional Society has taken up donations. But beyond the, the regular donations part, this is like the coolest thing ever is that uh, all of pretty much all of comic book, all, all the community of comic book artists in the whole world are stepping up and what they're all doing is they're creating these really, really awesome mm-hmm. tributes to Stan Sakai and Usagi Yojimbo to help raise money. So they, some of our favorite artists are in there and they basically draw like Usagi Yojimbo and then they're auctioning, they're going to be auctioning. Like a, but like in their own style. Their own style. And, right. and they're going to be auctioning off the... Uh, uh, the, these individual art prints, they're going to be doing like this big eBay auction. Anyway, uh, Merlin has put this, a link to this into the show notes uh, so that, and I think the, the auctions start this week on the, or next. Starts on, I think, I think on Thursday. Sixth. Yeah, Thursday. So you go yeah. to eBay and then you can buy the art. But the, the latest one that Merlin sent me the other day was uh, Scotty Young did one oh. of Usagi Ojimbo and phew, 
so great. This list, I put this, like I said, like Dan said, I put this into show notes, but I mean, it's, it's a pretty amazing lineup. Just a few of the ones, uh, Walt Simonson, you know, from Thor. Oh yeah. Um, you got Francisco Franco Villa who does, uh, has done some Hawkeye and some guardians of the galaxy. Uh, Bill, whose last name I always mis- mispronounce. How do you pronounce his name? I have to always be reminded. Sinkowitz, 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 Sinkowitz. I don't know. The guy who did New Mutants, the wackadoodle guy. Uh, he's in it. Uh, Arthur Adams, Alex Maleev, um, Jim, Jim Steranko, boom. Matt Groening cool is, is in there, right? Like is the Simpsons really? guy, yeah. Oh, how cool is that? And so what you're going to do is, um, I, I'm not a big eBay user, so I'm just going to read this phonetically. Um, starting on Thursday, <laughs> March 6th, <laughs> I, I'm literally reading this. Like the word literally, I just read it yeah. literally three, three times. No, uh, Thursday, March 6th on eBay, you're going to go for uh, looking for the seller named Caps auction one word and you'll be able to get these and they're going to be rolling this out over a series of weeks but um we just uh dan's a huge fan of that and i I, when i saw the scotty young one it instantly grabbed me i saw the one that um uh i guess i guess probably michael bendis did it in conjunction with one of his artists a really beautiful one but they're, they're all awesome uh you can learn more about that but you know uh show a little love it's uh he's he's a good guy and uh and i mean Anybody who's going through that, gosh, you sure want to show him some support, and he's given a lot. So um, check it out on eBay. And uh, and D- Dan, can I ask you a question? Go ahead, caller. Thank you. Uh, first time Sakai. <laughs> um, where would people go to find show notes for episode diggity 161 of your Back to Work program? Ah, 5by5.tv slash B is in boy, 2 is in W. Uh, slash w there, yeah. so it's five by five dot tv slash b two w slash one six one b as in mnemonic two as in b w as in b two that's right b also go there and then we'll have the show uh notes all set up for you the links in there everything good everything you need yeah but yeah this is uh this is a nice way to help out if you're a comic book fan and most of our listeners i'm pretty sure all of them by now <laughs> have to be if they're still if they're still around they have to at least have some level of appreciation for comics i've gotten to the point now where i just stop noticing the phrase except for the comics talk yeah that's on twitter a lot i I encounter it so much that should be a hashtag the hashtag except for the yeah except for the comic book talk why you gotta do that dan why you gotta feed them the hashtags it's like it's like you're you're it's like you're holding an arm at the end of your arm in front of the sharks (laughs) what are you doing don't eat my arm eat this arm B as in shark, two as in B, W as in shark, B. Yeah. Dan, I got up early. I didn't Why? like it. I just, I, I woke up and I got a thought in my head and I couldn't sleep. Like Inception. I guess so. Yeah, sure. Sure, sure, sure. Did you ever know that you're my hero? Really? Mm-hmm. They really? sing that. Oscars. Really? <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, my God. You know, you're not sick again, are you? I'm totally, I'm still, no, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. This is continued in next issue. I'm still sick. Oh, I'm still no. sick. Seriously. Oh, you, should, you should hear me. I, I mean, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm a pro, as you know, mm. so you can't tell that I'm sick, but I'm doing all kinds of snorting and coughing and whatnot. It's just, uh, you know, I ride hard on that mute button. <clears throat> I'm sorry to hear that. Thank you. I'll be fine. I'll, I'll be fine. Um, I feel like kind of a, <laughs> kind of a dumb thing to whine about when you're talking about someone with a brain tumor. Yeah, right. It was really inconvenient and my snot tasted bad. <laughs> it's been a hard week. Today I woke up oh, 90 minutes earlier than usual, so I'm a little uncomfortable. 
Happy Tuesday. How are you? I'm all right. Yeah. I got other stuff we could talk about. What you got? We've been reading a lot of the uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, so I finally saw the preview. Have you seen the preview for for the oh, movie? So many times. It looks cool. It looks really cool. Have you seen the Godzilla trailer? I did see the Godzilla trailer. They're 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 teasing the Zilla pretty bad. Yeah, you don't really get to see very much. And I showed that to uh, both my kids. So they loved it. And uh, Cash looked at me afterwards and he said, when that comes out to the theater, I do not think you should take me to see that. <laughs> it's too boring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's sweet. Well, uh, does Allie want to see that or? Um, we watch that, you know, sometimes when we're like, we, we try to be somewhat circumspect about TV. Sometimes we'll sneak in some TV and go mm-hmm. like, okay, well it's bad time in half an hour. Like we're not even going to watch, we're not even going to like bust out an adventure time. We'll watch trailers. And I actually really enjoy watching trailers. And so does Ellie. So we watch, we watch trailers. So she saw that not nearly as excited as guardians of the galaxy. Boy, she is. Oh, and, and so, and so, and so can I pivot here? Yeah, kind of, kind of pivot to a different model for a minute. Yeah, um, the uh, the neat thing is now, now Scotty Young. Did you see this? Did I send you this, or have you seen this? Scotty Young. Okay, Scotty Young. Scotty Young. Um, let's see. He. It's interesting because he draws a lot of stuff. Scotty Young is probably best known, I think, for doing a lot of variant covers. Which what 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 we in the community call baby covers, where baby he'll do covers. a wonderful variant cover for pretty much every first issue of like a Marvel now, and they're they're just. So delightful. He, uh, and then he, he also writes like, so like he drew, but did not write, uh, the wizard of Oz series, which is a fantastic, really, really great series. Uh, the Marvel does. Um, and he oddly enough wrote, but did not draw the very funny AVX babies. Did you ever, you've seen that one? Yes. With baby cap and uh snotty Scotty and everything. <laughs> but, um, He's, he's wonderful. And I was very happy to learn this week. I'll, I'll try to find a link about this for notes that he is in preparation for all the us all getting ready to be very sick of Guardians of the Galaxy in the next couple months. Uh, he's going to do uh, a Rocket Raccoon. Yeah. Title. Yes. And it was originally, I think it was, according to this article I read, uh, it was originally going to be Groot and Rocket Raccoon, but he couldn't find, you know, quite enough for Groot to do to get, put him on the bill, but still mm-hmm. Groot's going to be in every issue. It looks I don't know if you saw some of any of the drawings I've been posting. I've been re- retootling on the Over site. Kung Fu, uh, Kung Fu Gripe. Yeah, yeah. But man, it looks so cute. Oh. It looks but really yeah. good. I, this is the kind of this is the kind of thing that I get I get super super excited about because I love the art. This art, oh, it's so so cool. You texted me one of those, and it, it it looks great. I can't wait to get this. Oh, he's he's so great. And you know, I got to tell you, Dan. I mean, you know, children are such a blessing. It's it's just like the old uh, the the old Yiddish parable, mm-hmm. uh, and but you know what's really great is to just see a, a little a uh, little six year old girl so sweet walking around the house saying "Blam murdered you, Blam murdered you, mm-hmm. Blams murdered." Pretty <laughs> pretty cute. You know who loves that is mom. Yeah, mom loves the fact that. So now when we play, you know, you, you do the background. We 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 always have a, a double act. My daughter and I we play two different characters. Right now I'm Star Lord all the time. Mm-hmm. And she's Rocket Raccoon. And she was mm-hmm. saying that she's murdered people. <laughs> and then we go to sleep for the night. <laughs> right. Camp. There's always sleeping involved in the play. And then we get up and then we run around with a laser gun and we murder people. And then we go to sleep again. And uh, it's, it's really sweet. But, uh, you know, it's nice, though, because Rocket Raccoon, I mean, he's such a funny character. I don't know that much about the background too far back, but it is pretty hilarious that I guess 
He's a genetically engineered alien right. that just coincidentally happens to look exactly like a raccoon. Yeah. But he gets furious when people call him a raccoon. Right. Because he, he's not. But it, it, that's, you know, a little bit more than I know about it. Um, well, I, you know, I, I, you know, we saw that. I, I'm exactly, I just want to say the, the hook is into my cheek, my friend. I, I'm very excited about Guardians of the Galaxy. I've been buying them and like reading them kind of sporadically since it came out. Mm-hmm. And then we saw the trailer and we were just freaking because, you know, Amy Pond is in it, you know, from Doctor Who. So she was pretty excited about that. But um, anyhow, uh, so we started started at the beginning and read them all the way through in a couple days up till up through Trial of Jean Grey, which is going on right now. Crossover with all new X-Men. It's pretty good. But uh, it really they are such a great team. I mean, it's the five the five characters in Guardians of the Galaxy are so fun to read. Um because, you know, they got a lot of the wallop of, like, the Avengers. Yeah. But they're all really, they're really weird, different characters. One of them is a tree that only says, I am Groot. And it's delightful. So, anyway, that's, uh, you know, except for the comic stuff, Dan. Yeah, except for the hashtag, except for the comic stuff. Hashtag, except for the comic stuff yeah. title. You know what people love, Dan? Could you tell me about something you like? I would love to tell you about a couple things that I like. The first one of them is Fresh Books. It is mm-hmm. tax time. This is a fact here in the, in these Sorry, United I States. I apologize. That's all. Cut, cut that out. Yeah, I'll edit all that. Then we'll take that out in post. And uh, so if, if you're like me, there's this sort of mad scramble before tax time to get everything together. But one thing that I'm not stressing out about this year, thanks to FreshBooks, is invoices, you know, and receipts and that kind of thing. Why? Because FreshBooks handles all of that for us here. They are a simple cloud accounting solution and they make tax time among really the rest of the year, but uh, among all of the stressful times in your life, tax time, they can make that easier for you. With FreshBooks, you create professional looking invoices, you capture and track your expenses and you get real time reports in like two clicks. It's amazing. And, uh, and you can work from anywhere. This is the nice thing. I left my, uh, my main computer. How do you leave a laptop at home? I don't know how I did that. I left my bag, I left everything at home. I got a hack for that. We'll come back to it. Okay, we'll circle back. But uh, I have never done, like I haven't done that in years and years and years, but I love it. So today I'm just using one of the, we have like a, an old ancient laptop here. I can get to all the invoices. I can get to everything else. Of course I can because it's a web application, you know? It's just, it's so nice to have Isn't it amazing? all of it was this just, stuff It was really right like a, just a few years ago, it was just a few years ago that that situation would leave you completely hobbled. Right. With a five versions old version of something that then had to be updated for 45 minutes. <laughs> right. And now like I use their app on my phone just yeah. to go check in and spy on people to see if they've looked at an invoice and stuff like that. You just pop it open, you hit a button and it's all, it's all in there. It's, all right it's there. so easy to use. It's so nice. And I, you know, I wish I'd known about these guys when I was starting out uh, or, I, you know, it would have saved me who knows how much time and stress. I mean, we get people and here's a nice thing. If, if you're using FreshBooks and somebody else uses FreshBooks, it'll just show up like right in your account. So if you're invoicing somebody and they're using it too, boom, it's like one step. So anyway, the sooner that you start using FreshBooks, the sooner you're going to be able to start focusing on doing the stuff that you like to do because few of us like to invoice. So, uh, you know, focus on your work, not your paperwork, right? They're going to have to run with that. That's pretty good. They're going to have to run with that one. Well, if, if, here's the deal. In the, they were giving away these cakes, and cakes are fine. I said, but what are my users are really, uh, my listeners are really cheap <laughs> users, listeners. They're really cheap. They don't, they don't want to spend a dime unless they're sure that something is worth it. I said, what can you do for, the, for those people who don't want a cake? I said, well, how about this? We'll give uh, them fresh books free for 60 days. 60 days. 
That's a long time. That's a for lot you of to, days, to check Dan. Out. Let's be honest. It's twice as many as thirty. Mm. So when you go there, uh, you go to getfreshbooks.com, and when you're there, you will enter then in the little thing where did you hear about us? You'll enter in back to work, and if you do that, you will get 60 days free. I love these guys. I think you should check them out. So go to getfreshbooks.com. Thanks very much to FreshBooks for supporting 5x5 and uh, back to work with Merlin Mann. I'm Dan Benjamin. I'm Groot. <laughs> What's nice also is that, is that Groot, that's, that's literally all he can He's say. He's a tree. <laughs> He's a tree. He's super powerful, but but then he'll also say it in different ways. There's a great one where uh, he's going to like rescue the guardians. They've all been like trapped in these stasis tubes, and he walks up to this like control panel and has to figure it out. So imagine me looking like a tree and like kind of drawing, putting my finger under my nose, like I'm thinking, like a little mustache. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And he says, "I am Groot." That's <laughs> pretty funny. It's cool stuff. I am Groot. Beast anyway. is a cat now. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you looking at the kung fu grape? Yeah. That's astonishing, X Men, circa two thousand, diddly one, maybe. Okay. He got very cat like. I think after, I think sometime around New X Men, he got much more cat like. Have you ever read Astonishing X Men? No, that's not one. I'm not a big. Uh, I used to read X Men a lot more in the eighties, and I haven't really kept up with it. Can I say one thing about comics, Dan? Go ahead, call. Except for uh, bouncing, except for the comics. I thank you. First time I'm Froster. Um, the, uh, the 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 thing is this: uh, there is one one trade that that uh, when somebody says X Men, where should I start? What should I do? What yeah. should I what should I look at? Exactly one. There's there's like probably like five that I can reel off that I really really like a lot. Mm-hmm. But I would say um, Josh 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 Whedon's Astonishing X Men Gifted is uh, one of the most rewarding and easy to get into X titles ever. I think it's really quite good. And there's a motion comic that nobody but me likes. I like some of the motion comics. I don't like the spider woman motion motion. comic. Motion comic. Um, Marvel makes these things the, where they, you know, basically kind of like, it's almost like, uh, I don't want to speak too technically because I know you're not a, not a professional, (laughs) but uh, they take like a tracing of it and move it on, on the screen with voice. Oh, uh, so you yeah. can't read this in a in a paper form? No, 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 no. I'm sorry. There's also there is in addition, like you know, there's the you ever seen the Watchmen motion comic? Mm-mm. It's like six hours long. It's really? the entire comic. Yeah, it's on the uh, on the Blu-ray. It's really good. Um, all one voice. One guy does all of the voices in it. It's pretty cool. Huh. But anyway, uh, yeah, no. Uh, so I would just say, you know, uh, I know you got plenty to read. But uh, Astonishing X-Men is really good. We haven't talked about comics that much in a while. Really. No, we really haven't. People think we have. They think we have. I think Even they got so used to hearing it that, that they, they feel like they be, they've heard it even if they haven't heard it. Yeah, a lot of people think a lot of things, Dan. It's sickening. <laughs> Patent sign. <laughs> um, you had something. Uh, we got two, two ideas for topics today. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, did you know that we have uh, an, a, a legit doctor? Reading. Is there really such a thing as a legit Yes, book? yes, yes. Hang on. Let me see if I can find this. Uh, I know this is, I don't know if you've... Uh, you because, like a chiropodist like or a physician? Hang on. I, I'm not sure. I'm looking at the dentist, email. veterinarian, PhD, medieval a, studies. An MD and an FCCP, whatever that is. Ah, that is a focal component community. Hold on. He says his, here is, here is the reference to, to prove who he is. He has sent a link to the American Board of Internal Medicine. He is certified in sleep medicine, critical care medicine, pulmonary disease, internal medicine. He got his uh, 
initial certification for internal medicine in 90, pulmonary in 94, critical care in 95, sleep medicine 2007. So this, is, this person is not, uh, not kidding around. I don't know how I missed this, Dan. Tell me about this, uh, this physician of yours. Well, I don't know. He, uh, he did not say if I could use his name for sure. So I will, I will just call him, uh, uh, Dr. 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 H. Dr. H. Dr. Rosen, Dr. Dr. Rosen, Rosen. Hey guys, glad you're spending time on the show on sleep. I am a physician board certified in sleep medicine. Wanted to share a few thoughts. Be leery of gadgets that help you get better sleep. The field is rife with charlatans. Merlin's Lightbox is one of the few worthwhile tools out there. Be a spe- oh, that's nice to hear. Yeah. You're, yeah. That's the uh, Philips Golite. For the first time, you have not been taken in by absolute quackery in your device purchasing. <laughs> be especially wary of clocks. Like and- you were in that said that. That was me. Okay, thank you. Be especially wary of clocks and watches that purport to wake you at an optimal time. There is no evidence that awakening from one stage of sleep is better than any other. I did not know that. I did not know that either. My soapbox. This is still him talking. You should wake up when you have finished sleeping. And any clock that wakes you before then shortens the sleep your brain knows it needs. You should sleep as much as you need to. The best use of an alarm clock is to keep from accidentally oversleeping, but not to arouse you an hour or more before you would naturally awake. If that's the case, you should go to bed earlier. Sleeping too much, in quotes, should not be thought of like eating too much. Sleep is a natural function of the body and brain, and the amount you sleep is best allowed to take care of itself. A better analogy would be to heartbeats or breathing. We don't say he breathes too much or his heart beats too much. You get my point. Merlin, since you're interested in chronobiology, be sure to research Zeitgeber's. It sounds German. Great word that should be used whenever you can work it into a sentence. Zeitgeber. So Z E I T that would be that would be time G E B E R S that means it means sleep ghost helmet <laughs> yes sleep ghost helmet yes <laughs> anyway <laughs> so that is sight geist helmut <laughs> anyway that's Sam's thank you very much Doctor H for uh, writing in <clears throat> well I um excuse me. Mm. I, uh, but that makes me feel good. Yeah. I, I cannot tell if, well, let's do a little bit of quick, quick fake follow up. I have no way of knowing if this go light thing helps. I can't really tell because I'm not really, as much as I get sad and dumpy sometimes, I don't think, I don't think I'm actually like depressed, but I, I don't know. I just, I, you know, I'm pissing on a spark plug. I figure I turn this thing on every morning mm-hmm. and, and maybe it'll help. I, I still feel like I'm not getting the optimal position with it. So basically, you guys can go Google Phillips with one L, the CD people. Uh, Phillips Golite, G-O-L-I-T-E. And I'm sure Dan will put it in there. Yeah, but in uh, it makes a big blue light of adjustable brightness. And you're not supposed to have it like directly shining in your eyes, but it shouldn't be too far peripheral. But I think it should be like like kind of in your field of vision, but not directly pointed at you. Um, and I, I don't know. I can't really tell if there's a difference. It's but uh, I'm glad to hear that that works. And I, I guess my feeling is I, I know for some people, something like this can and does make a big difference. People who actually have seasonal affective disorder, for example, supposedly this kind of thing really can't help. Uh, Doctor uh, Doctor Rosen Doctor would would be have to say for sure. Yeah. But, um, and the other thing, like I, I made a, I made a, a passing slag, uh, last one, last episode about, uh, people who are always hitting the snooze button. I, and, and just, just to kind of, uh, to pivot, as you say, off of what the Dr. Rosen doctor said, uh, you know, um, people have these aspirations, uh, about life, 
you know, and, and I, we've talked plenty about people who have aspirations about getting 50 things done today and then having 51 things to do tomorrow. And I think in the same way, people can have great aspirations about sleep. I'm not a doctor. I'm not even a Rosen. But what I do know is this. If you want to really, if you want to really change how you sleep, um, you do have to accept what he said, which is you, you, you really do need sleep. And you can't trick your brain. You know, I mean, like taking a shower can make you feel more awake. Having some coffee can make you feel a little bit more like, you know, spazzy and energetic. Yeah. But the truth is you got to put the hours in. And, you know, I think, I don't know, I guess, I guess I feel like there's a funny paradox to this, which is that like to really second, <laughs> to see a difference in your sleep, you really got to go to bed earlier. Uh, you, you really, you really do. But, but first, I think in order to get to where you can go to bed earlier, you may have to have a few days where you do set the alarm for the time you'd aspirationally like to get up. I, I'm not a doctor, right? This is my opinion. But when I've tried to change my sleep, uh, it's very, if you're in the habit, for example, of, I don't know, I suspect other people are somewhat like me in this regard where you go like, okay, I'd like to get to bed by 11. Yeah. It'd be great if I got to bed by 930 or 10, but suddenly I'm not going to bed at 11. Maybe I'm not even sleepy at 11. And we talked about this on, you know, an episode a few, maybe about a few weeks or a month ago, but that can slide pretty easily into like, oh man, it's 1215. Yeah. Or like, holy crap, it's 230. <laughs> How did that, and this happens, this really does happen. And then you think, well, you know, uh, uh, manana, manana, I'll get better at this. And so I think sometimes what people will do is like, if you've got to be at work at a certain time or you got to get kids ready for school or whatever, you know, we all have stuff we got to do in the morning uh, by and large, uh, you know, and so you, you set that alarm and you may even still have that aspiration of saying, look, I really, I know I need to get up at a decent time. I should go to bed, but you can't force you can't serially force the getting up early if you're not going to bed at a decent hour. I know that sounds obvious, but I don't think most people really accept that. They continue, there are, there are things I've read anyway, suggest that there are a lot of people walking around with a huge sleep debt all the time mm-hmm. who are sleeping less than six hours a night. I mean, optimally you should have, I think, at least seven or eight hours of sleep a night. They, they still say this. Is there, is there like a standard amount of, maybe Dr. H is going to write back, is there like a standard amount of sleep that a human needs or does it really vary? Because you always hear about these... Like, like super productive people who are in business and they sleep four hours a night and they're, you know, energetic. And then, then I've talked to other people who seem pretty happy, uh, who they're like, well, I get eight hours a night. You know, is there like a very, I think it varies a lot. And one thing, again, I'll just feel free to just talk out of my butt since it's kind of my core competency. Uh, I mean, the thing that part of the emerging, uh, things that we've learned, God, I sound like I am morning edition at this point. Oh, it turns out guy. He was on today. I just, I just, do you hear that guy? You hear the, you hear the turns out guy? No. Ugh. That's a terrible way to wake up. It's worse than hitting snooze. God bless him. Um, I know, for example, like when I was a kid, I needed a certain amount of sleep. When I was a teenager, first bell at my school was 7.15, which was just criminal. Because have you ever met a teenager that can even get to sleep before 11? No way. It's like you, you're, I don't know, your body is the way it is. It wants to stay up late and it wants to sleep really late. And I think the emerging science, as I understand it is, or the research anyway, is that really teenagers do need so much more sleep. And they're not just lazy. Sure, they're lazy. Absolutely, 100%. They're practically useless. But they actually do, in addition to being lazy, they do actually need all of that sleep. And we deny that to them by making them be at school at 8 o'clock and then wonder why they fall asleep, you know, by 11 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, I think, that, but even in adulthood, I think that does vary a lot. There are some people that regardless of activity or stress or whatever, really do need, like, I've met people who need 9 or 10 hours of sleep a night and they just feel like 
crap if they don't get it. Yeah. I think a lot of the people who report their four hours of sleep and I feel great kind of stuff, you know, it's kind of like that happily ever after thing where you don't really hear what actually happens after that. I bet they're kind of tools. I bet, I bet they're, I bet they're pretty annoying and tired a lot of the time. I'm guessing. Or they're, or they're so used to being tired. That that's just a sort of yeah, a normal they'll, they'll state. Put up with it. Put up with anything. Right. But but I was going to say to 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 the if you want to change your sleep patterns, uh, the the two parts, which I again I, I admit that this sounds contradictory. Part B is that it really does help at some point to start getting up at the same time every day to make yourself want to be tired and go to bed earlier. You kind of do need to get up at uh, at a certain time. But I think for that to really stick. It's all about going to bed earlier, but you can't go to bed early unless if you're not tired, if you just lay in bed five nights in a row, you go to bed at eight 15 and you lay there for six hours. Like that's not going to habituate you well to, to having good sleep. I don't mm-hmm. think. Yeah. So, but so what I would say then to, to follow up on the snooze thing, like I, I, I feel like the snooze thing is mm, if you're snoozing a lot, something's wrong. Like you're either not listening to how much sleep your body needs or you don't care enough about your health. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you need to sleep later, set an alarm for later. Snooze a little bit. Sure. Whatever. If you want to rest a little bit. But I think if you're snoozing every day, that's that's kind of weird if you think about it. Hitting snooze for like half an hour or 45 minutes every day is, I mean, if you enjoy it, you know, have fun. But I think it's kind of weird and it's probably your body trying to tell you something like maybe instead of snoozing 45 minutes every day, how about try going to bed 45 minutes earlier? When I first started trying to get better about sleep, one of the things I found most surprising, like if you had asked me, uh, Mr. Go to bed at 1230, you see, you know, if you'd asked me, if you went to bed at 10 o'clock, would you go to sleep? My mm-hmm. answer would be absolutely not. No, are you kidding me? Like I, I that would be so hard for me to do, let alone nine o'clock. But you know what I've discovered? Uh, really surprised me. Like if I go and lay down and turn off the lights, I can fall asleep in 10 minutes. Yeah. Like almost any time, <laughs> but especially at 10 o'clock, it was so much easier than I expected. It was not stressful. I did not lay there and toss and turn. Or if I did, it wasn't for more than one night. I mean, it's, I don't know. I think as you get older, I don't know if you're like this, Dan, but I found that as I got older, it's way easier for me to go. To, I fell asleep like five times during the Lego movie this weekend. <laughs> Is that any good? That thing? It's good. I mean, I, you, she's seen it three times now. I've taken her twice and her mom took her once, but it's, it's really good. It's, you know, not as good as people say, but it's really good. Okay. It's no Wreck-It Ralph. Right. Now that's a hell of a movie. But the, I have some fake follow-up. Should I do another uh, sponsor? You know, yeah, I want to hear the sponsor. We got more fake follow-up and we got, we're going to talk about time. And we had a really nice email. I thought, um, talking, wanting to talk about, was it like, uh, constraints yeah. or, um, uh, what was the phrase they used? It was really... Oh, right. It wasn't constraints, was it? That's what they were talking about, but it wasn't. Boundaries. Right. But first, I want to hear about something you like. I would love to tell you about our friends over at Shutterstock. These guys continue to support independent photographers and creators everywhere in ways that I think is really, really cool. Uh, and they do this by, when you go to shutterstock.com, right, you're going to find 28 million images. Where do you think those come from? Those come from independent photographers all around the world uh, who, who's, you know, in, in many cases can make a living from creating photos that they upload to Shutterstock. It's actually a really interesting process when we visited these guys in New York. We talked to them a lot about, you know, 
can anyone just submit a photo to Shutterstock? Like, how does that work? What's involved? Can I just like walk around downtown New York with my iPhone and take pictures? And they laughed. They're like, no, uh, you, you know, their vetting process is really, really in depth and it involves pretty much proving to them that you're a really good photographer. And beyond that, you know, if they've got 20 pictures of still life with Apple, you know, they probably don't want any more photos of an apple so like even if you took an amazing photo of an apple they've got enough of that they they know really really well what people are interested in and what kind of photos are useful and when they have enough of one kind of thing uh so that that's how they're really working hard to ensure that the content that the visual images the stock photos the vectors illustrations they've got a million video clips now that's how they ensure that these things are really really great they work really hard to do this and, uh, and, and it's pretty impressive. So if you're looking for an image or a video or an illustration or, you know, even just vectors and stuff for your presentations that you're going to give, there's going to be something there for you. Uh, they've got a really great iPad app that makes it so cool to, to do this. You can you have these little light boxes that you can create and you can create as many of them as you need where you can group things together and then you can share that light box with your friends, your colleagues. You can let them contribute to it. They've got enhanced licenses for stuff if you want to print it out in bulk. Uh, really, they've, they've thought of everything. They've got 24-hour support during the week uh, so that if you need help or if you want to figure something out or if you're looking for something and you can't find it, which has never happened to me, but you know, I'm sure that, that you could get really specific. They've got folks who can help you. And uh, and they're doing something really nice for the listeners, Merlin. 25% off any package you put together, whether it's one image or a thousand images. Uh, the code that you need to use for that is back to work 314. So back to work, one word, 314. That will get you 25%. And, and please do check these folks out. They do such mm-hmm. great work, so much great content. And of course, it's all free uh, to browse around and look at stuff as you're building your, your stuff. So go to Shutterstock.com. Thanks very much to Shutterstock.com for supporting 5x5 and back to work with Merlin Man. I am Groot. Um, you know what's amazing <laughs> about those light boxes? They what do you work. like best about it? Yeah, they work. How? What do you, I mean, wait, what, what, what do you mean they work? They, they work. Put images I mean, in. it actually works the way, exactly the way you would expect it to work. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, you go to sites sometimes that have a service like that, and you're like, oh, we have this, this special thing that you can use. And you're like, oh, it's, you kind of made a thing that looks like a thing, but it doesn't really do that. And in this case, you really can't. I did this when you were sick. I went in and found a bunch of pictures of sick kids, because that's the, that's the kind of gentleman that I am. Right. I went and did that on my iPad. Their iPad app is fantastic. And I could just send that to you. I could post it. I posted it right in the show notes. It really actually does work. It's a great service. It's really good. So check them out. Shutterstock.com. Back to work 314. Save you some money. I'm Groot. So we've got, uh, we had a lot of feedback uh, about these, we? the reverse spider sense thing. A lot oh, of it, God, Dan, why are you saying this? A lot oh. of it on Twitter. And Don't encourage them, Dan. Well, here's what's it. Well, I, I, well, I want to address it. Uh, uh, there's I'm, two. I'm tired of getting tarred with your crazy brush. I don't think it's fair. Oh, well, here's the thing is that <laughs> if people were to re listen to the episode. <laughs> oh, can you can hear that? Can you hear it? No, we'll edit, we'll edit that up. <laughs> they call it a death rattle. <clears throat> um, if if people were to go back and listen closely to the episode, a lot of people wrote in to say that I was nuts. Um, but <laughs> if you li- wrote in to say it's usually Merlin is crazy this time, I was like, Dan's nuts. Right. If you if you were to listen carefully, I'm not actually saying that I can sense spiders or conjure them or whatever. I was simply asking. 
Right. If those things could be possible. And I actually think I should be applauded for that because bravery, Dan, bravery. No, I don't think it takes any bravery. I think it takes it being open minded to things we don't fully understand. Why immediately discount the possibility of something explored a little bit. And I never said I came to any conclusions about this. You're right. You're right. That's reactionary. That is, that is an inappropriate and and frankly, un-American response. That's right. We're patriots here. That's right. Amen. I'm chastened. And I was simply saying, what if, and I think people, people who have an open mind and who can say, what if in any situation are people who, who find creative ways to solve problems. And I think being closed off to the possibility that something outside of your immediate initial current understanding is uh, somewhat closed minded. I never said that I believed any of those things. I was simply asking, what if, what if, can I ask a question? Go ahead. Uh, thank you. Of of all the people who wrote in to come up with a plausible explanation for why you might be able to detect spiders uh-huh, in a bathroom, uh-huh. what did you have a favorite? Uh, fer- somebody suggested pheromones that I was <laughs> smelling the spider, and they another person said that was it. Uh, Fennyman Smell- said that he could detect if a book had been handled. Uh, but they couldn't detect no. So that was a theory that I thought was pretty interesting. A lot of people wrote in to say that they could do the very same thing uh, themselves. Um, so that was, you know, that was interesting. Found two spiders this morning in in uh, the house, but I had no foreknowledge of them whatsoever. I just was walking by and saw it on the ground. So, you know, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, a lot of people said confirmation of- bias, Merlin. Confirmation bias. Confirmation bias. I've started rereading that uh, Kahneman book, that uh, Thinking Fast and Slow. So I'll get back to you on that one. What is what is confirmation bias? Because you've told me about this before. Oh, you can look it up. It's one of the biases. It's one of the cognitive biases. All right. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm not going to suggest books anymore because people still get mad at me for a book we were supposed to talk about and didn't. <laughs> yeah. But Daniel, Daniel, I think Kahneman, I think that's how it's pronounced. He's the guy who, uh, along with his research partner back in the day, came up with a lot of the biases that I find so fascinating to think about. And so if you're interested, we're not going to, it's not a book club thing, relax, but go check out his book, Thinking Fast and Slow. And uh, also, I think it's the title of the book. And uh, you'll see lots of, you can find lots of really good articles interviewing him. Very interesting guy. He was on um, a really good episode of To the Best of Our Knowledge uh, last week that I will try to find for show notes. That's a very good program. $9.60 on, uh, on Amazon. Woo! $2.99 on Kindle. Don't think slow, think fast. Buy it now. What <laughs> Kindle. So anyway, people were suggesting that. So I just wanted to take a minute to... Confirmation bias. Confirmation bias. Confirmation bias. I will. May I? May I read from the tome of all knowledge of what a confirmation bias is? Because I know people are going to ask. Yes, and Wikipedia is never wrong. Confirmation bias is the tendency of people to favor information that confirms their belief or hypotheses. People display this bias. Just just so you know, Dan, that's pretty much what I thought you were going to (laughs) say. People display this bias when they gather or remember information selectively or when they interpret it in a biased way. The effect is stronger. I, for, I don't remember. I don't remember that part at all. I'm sorry. <laughs> the effect is stronger for emotionally charged issues and for deeply entrenched beliefs, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So confirmation biases contribute to overconfidence in personal beliefs and can maintain or strengthen beliefs in the face of contrary evidence. Poor decisions due to these biases have been found in political and uh, organizational contexts. There's a whole section on biased memory. Oh boy. If you're the sort of person that considers yourself an intelligent person, but you're kind of open, uh, a la spider pheromones, open to the fact that you might be wrong, go look. Actually, Dan, put this in notes if you would. I will. Find the uh, categories page 
for cog, uh, cognitive biases or cognitive. I think it's what it's called, cognitive biases. Because when you read those, it's like, yep, nope, oh, I got that one. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> Definitely got that one too. Availability heuristic. Oh my god, I should put that on my tombstone. Good stuff. Putting, I'm getting it right there. There it is. It'll be in the show notes. Cognitive dissonance. Oh boy, I know that one. <laughs> so, there you go with that. Well, see now I, I'm chastened. I, I I feel badly, Dan. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I was dismissive of your reverse spidey sense. No, I I didn't feel. I was just simply. I'm an inquisitive person. I like to learn. I like to see what's possible. I don't, you know, until I some can. Pe- what? Some people look at a spider hmm. and ask why. I think about a spider and think why not. That was Bob <laughs> Kennedy that said that. Right. So what do you think we did with the two spiders that we found today? I bet you gently, you put them, you place them gently in a Dixie brand cup mm-hmm. and took them outside so that they could live happy spider lives. That's right. If you did anything okay. else, I don't want to let, let me put it this way. I guided them into the next chapter of their existence. <laughs> you close, literally close them in a book. Something like that. And my, my two-year-old MJ said, oh no, a spider, I have to stay away from that. And oh. Cash immediately ran over and said, well, I wanted to see it. What did you, I wanted to see it. So a slightly different reaction between the two. Yeah. There are all kinds of animals. I'm happy to put a killing on, but I, I, I would never do that with a spider. No, of course not. Me neither. I would. I would develop a superstition specifically to keep spiders alive. I just think they're so cool. Yeah, they're I stare, amazing. I stare Love at them for hours. Love them. It's like you and the fishing lures at Win Dixie. I'll just stare at them. You remember that? How do you remember that? This Whenever is crazy. Whenever you saw a set of footsteps. Wait, let me start over. Yeah. Footsteps. <laughs> Holy God, Dan. Yeah, two tracks uh, in the sand. <laughs> Stimps. I don't know. Um, did you guys know that you can go to showbot.5by5.tv and you can help vote up titles for this episode? We don't mention that until after the show sometimes. Right. But showbot.5by5.tv. So if you're listening to the show live, which you should be doing, uh, you go to, uh, you go to uh, 5by5.tv slash live. There's a, there's a great app. It's free called 5by5 Radio. It'll give you a push notification and let you know when we... And you can listen on there, and then you listen, and then you can make show titles. You make them up. And funny, so this, funny these things. Are titles, funny titles that people uh, people make up in the in the chat room. The jackals make up, and they put them here. So even if you don't want to go and get into that nonsense, you can just God bless them. Let me just say, I've, you know what? I'm in enough trouble today with the footsteps. Oh goodness! Yeah. It's like helmet. Well, we could talk about time. Time was. Yeah. We can talk about time. Well, I had a I had a, a thought ever since last week. You were talking about when you were talking about uh, shaving. Oh right, right, right. You were saying that you like to to make time to shave. You like to uh, allocate time. You don't want to be rushed. There's a podcast involved. I, said it's one, I think I said specifically it's one of the most mindful things I do. And, and I, that mindfulness requires, as you say, a, uh, an expenditure of time. Like I, if I were running to like, if I looked at my phone and saw that my muni train was going to be here in two minutes, I wouldn't be able to do a mindful job of shaving. Mm-hmm. I just do a whole bunch of face slicing nonsense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that made me start to think about uh, what so many of my mornings are like, most of them. It involves a lot of rushing around. It involves a lot of time constraints. And it, this was, it's especially interesting uh, because today, uh, due to the terrible, terrible 32 degree weather we were having here in Austin, um, 
school was delayed by two hours, which meant that I didn't have to take my kid to school today. My wife was going to do it or did it because I usually take him and then I go into work and you know, he's got to be at school. I would say it seems early, it seems really early to me. We need to be in the car like seven forty-five. That seems early to me. School starts at seven fifty here. <sighs> yeah, I mean that's early. Yeah, and you, your kid has to be at school. And if they're not at school, like it's one thing if you're late to something that's your thing, and then you're just a, you're just a jackass. But it's like, really disruptive. The teacher has to, our wonderful teacher occasionally has to send out emails and they send out a lot of emails yeah. uh, to just say, hey, look, you know, I hate to have to say this, but like, please be on time. Yeah. It's really disruptive when one kid comes in and go, hey, look, it's a kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that is so a kid. Yeah. But to see, when, if you're late to your own thing, you're a jerk. But if you're exactly. late, if you make your kid late, then you're both jerks. You know what I mean? Like it, and I don't want to do that. Right. So, you know, but today- even though I still had, you know, plenty to do, I had to be recording it at, at, at 9am. So like I didn't have, I didn't have to be, a, usually I'm at work at 8.30. I knew I could get here closer to nine, but I still had stuff to do. But there was just that, you know, 15 or 20 minute difference completely changed the way I was feeling about the morning and the morning routine and the feeling of rushing and not versus not rushing just that few 10, 15 minutes. And, and I realized, man, if there isn't some really fast set time I've got to be somewhere it sure is easy to take my time with things if I know that when I need to get there isn't really impending and and I've got that little bit of extra time like I can take a little bit more time in the shower you know I can take a little bit more time picking the shirt I want to wear you know what I'm saying like it made a huge difference and this goes back to the sleep conversation of you know if you go to bed earlier then you can wake up a little bit earlier and you won't feel as rushed. But man, almost every morning I feel like I'm rushing. Like I'm, I'm right on the edge of being too late. Right. There's never a day when you're not rushing. Yeah. It sucks. I don't know what to do about it. I got a lot of opinions about that. I, I, I'm totally with you. Well, one, one thing I've started doing, let let me put it this way. I, I, I stress that stuff so much as a former serially late person who has greatly reformed. I, I used to just be so late or I would just space stuff. Like I just, whatever, I just flake. And, and now like I try really hard to be on time. I'm rarely early for things, but the, 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 the horrible, uh, toxic, malignant part of it is that even though I'm not like early or consistently on time, I still worry like somebody, like one of those fretful people who's always 20 minutes early for mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. Like I, I, like I'm not that much better at it, but I still stress over it. And then here's the part that's funny. It's like, no matter how dumb the, the theoretical time to do something is, I still stress, even if it's just something that's totally meaningless and made up. Right. So like, you know, like on Sundays, I mean, like we like to uh, usually have like a day where my daughter and I go and do something, give my wife some time to, you know, putter around the house and do her thing. And like, I really want to be out the door by 10. Yeah to go to breakfast, go see a movie, whatever it is we're going to do on a, on a Sunday. And it's, it's a totally made up deadline. It is a deadline in the sense that like I, you know, if we're leaving the house at 1130, uh, it's not as much, you know, quality morning time for my wife to have. So I feel like kind of a tool, but it's, it's, it's not that big a deal. Like if it's 1015, it's not that big a deal, but in order to do whatever that time is, whether it's an important, whether that's a being at school time, which is, you know, not, um, you know, fungible mm-hmm. or whether that's a made up time. It really, 
I don't know. I, I you're, you're, it sounds so stupid. It's really obvious. You do really have to prepare for that. You have to like mentally set everything 20 minutes earlier. But then the thing that I've learned is even with those dumb things where I don't have to be somewhere, it's, it's fun to not have to worry and stress and hurry. So like, even if it's, we're just going to catch a train, I might say, well, we could either be stressed out and try to catch this train. That's going to be here in two minutes mm-hmm. or, or I, I roll my eyes and go, Oh great. There's not going to be another train for 20 minutes. Well, you know what? That's actually perfect. That's a terrific amount of time to amble through the park. We can, she can plan the swings for a while, whatever. It's plenty of time. You know what I mean though? It's like, that's all in my head. I can choose which way I want to, about those things. And and the thing is, when I have enough of those days where I go, oh, let's just get the train 20 minutes from now, it's it's actually better. We're more relaxed. We can sit and we could stare at berries or something. You know, like kids just want to do a thing. Hey, look, there's a bird. Like that's just the thing a kid does. And I'm not I'm not scotching that by grabbing her little hand and making her run down a hill. Yeah. At 10 miles an hour. Yeah. But it, it does it does require it does require some planning ahead. I think it helps a lot to do stuff the night before, whenever you can. You know, because because you'll always feel every conceivable moment getting ready for school. Like I, I find that so stressful. No, totally. And I remember I used to have a friend who was notoriously, like you mentioned earlier, 20 minutes early for everything. And to, to just illustrate this point, there was a period, there was one time when I, uh, he and I were supposed to meet for lunch. I don't, it was, you know, it wasn't like a fancy sit down place. It was like, you go up and you, you get the tray and you go and sit down and I, you know, like a Panera, that kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, so he and I were going to meet for lunch and he was notoriously early and I was usually just on time, but he got there this time to at least 20 minutes early. So I guess he figured since he was there 20 minutes early that he would go up and he got in line, he ordered the food and he was sitting down with it. And by the time I got there, he'd eaten his whole lunch. <laughs> and I'm like, Carl, what did you eat for? And he's like, well, I got the food and I was hungry and I I ate. I'm like, but we were logical. Uh, what a weird, what a weird thing to do. I'm like, but dude, I'm like, we were going to eat lunch together. He's like, well, I was very hungry. I'm like, well, why did you get here so damn early then? You know, like you're 20 minutes early. Why did you have to get here so early? He's like, well, I'm always, and he is, he was always early. And I said, well, explain to me your logic of getting there early. And he says, well, if I'm always early to everything, I can never be late. And as weird as that that's, sounds that's like true. it's true. And, and if, if you just, if you always like bump your, I have to be there by time by even 15, 30 minutes. Like if you say I need to be there 30 minutes early and you're 10 minutes late, you're still 20 minutes early. And I think that's what he was doing. But yeah. you know what? In all the years I knew him and I knew him for many, 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 many years. And we were really good friends. He was never late to anything once. Never once. And it, his, his way of preventing it was by being so early to everything, consistently early to everything. I've had friends, I've had friends like that. And the thing that freaks me out, like you have a longtime friend who's like, like that. You, you, you get there first time you hang out. Hey, let's go have lunch. You go there and you're like, Hmm, you're already here. Yeah. Yeah. I got here a little early. Okay. That's cool. And, and then you do it five more times and they're always there before you. And you're like, Hmm. Mm Hmm. So then you go 20 minutes early and they're already there. And mm. it's like, it starts to seem like it's really creepy. Like, <laughs> do they just come here like an hour early? I've never been here before this person. You ever have friends like that? Yeah. It's like in, in Goodfellas when uh, he's going to meet, um, I think he, he wasn't. Oh, it's when he's, when he's going to get, uh, 
Oh yeah, yeah. He's gonna go meet De Niro at the, uh, yeah. the restaurant. Yeah, yeah and yeah. De Niro, and he says, "I got there early, and and he was already there." It's like that. It's like you get somewhere early, and the other person's already there. I used to have a thing when uh, one of my first jobs out of school. Uh, where, you know, like some advice that I've often heard uh, when you're starting in a new company is you'll get there, get there early and stay late. Like you don't have to do that for months and months and months, but do that for, for a few weeks and you can kind of see who, who shows up when and, and you know, what goes on you can kind of establish your own pattern within that. And it, it kind of helps you learn how different, you know, oh, this guy gets in at seven, he leaves at, at three thirty. you know, okay, I guess maybe I could do that. And this, oh, the, the boss shows up at eight and leaves at five every single day. All right. Well, that's good to know. And the, the boss of the, the director of the department, uh, every morning he would come in and he would, you know, turn on the lights. And if I got there before him, I would turn on the lights and you could tell that this rattled him really bad. Oh, he's light turning on guy. Yeah. Like that was his thing. His, his identity in part was defined by the fact that he was there first and he would turn on the lights. He was the guy that turns on the lights, you know? And another time there, there was a different company. Uh, my boss was a sales guy and he and I lived in, uh, adjacent, uh, apartment complexes, like within a mile, not, not even within a mile, within a minute of each other. And, uh, we constantly had this thing where we would see who could get in earlier, who could get in before the other person. And, you know, and I, I had this tendency to wake up really early anyway. So some mornings I'd just wake up, take a shower and like go in. And it, it, it got to one point, he kind of wanted to end it. He was in like five in the morning <laughs> and I could tell by his goal. We had the software, terrible sales software called Goldmine. And, uh, I hope they're not a sponsor. And, uh, and, and, and you could see like his sign in that morning was like five Oh eight. I mean, he was there, he was just there. Like he was eating lunch when I was showing up, you know, That's so weird. And it was just like, like we had to out early the other person, but it was funny. He, he, he basically was like, you're never going to be this early. And, but people like, like, this is a thing, you know, is, is being there early. And I just want to, I just want to get to the feeling in the morning where I can, I don't have to rush. Like, how do I yeah. do that? Do I have to go to bed at nine 30? I don't want to go to bed at nine 30. I've only been home for a couple hours, you know, like I don't want to be in bed at nine 30. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can, you can change reality or you can change your expectations. You know, that's, that's part of it is I, I think, I mean, this is not directed to you per se, but I mean, like, I think part of it is that we, we get frustrated because our expectations are so out of whack and they stay out of whack. And, you know, I think there's this natural thing that happens, especially with stuff like time, whether that's the time you have to sleep, the time you have to like hang out in the morning and shave and be a person. I mean, like, you know, like, uh, you know, in my case, well, I don't know. Like I woke up, like I say, I woke up really early and I couldn't get back to sleep, but that means I was up early enough and I got to read a comic with my kid this morning, which was actually really fun. She and her mom got up and they made muffins and, uh, and then we read a comic and had milk and it was really, it was really fun and unexpected. And I, I still wish I'd gotten more sleep, but that little bit of serendipity kind of like yours with the delay in school starting mm -hmm. was a nice surprise and a, a nice reminder to me that it does not have to be it does not have to be that stupid every morning, but it does mean the stuff would have to change. I don't want to get up at four in this, in this case. Um, but just even the, when I say like the changes in your expectations, like, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't, Hmm. I, um, I don't know. It just, it seems like whenever you talk to people about time, 
stuff with sleep, stuff with work, stuff with how much you accomplish. I feel like when I talk to people about that, you run into a dead end pretty fast where most people have this like ungodly feeling, this completely inexplicable combination of like total fit of peak about like how their life is combined with an even more overriding certainty about how little they could do to change it. Right. Right. There's nothing that can be done. There is, this is the most I can do. Nothing can be changed. It just has to be this way. Right. And I, it's, I, I so it's sort of like, you know, my kind of when I was back doing the uh, inbox zero stuff, especially with regard to email, it was, it was a flavor of this conversation that I've had like a dozen times with actual people where they're like, I am freaking out. I have way too much email. And you go, well, uh, why don't you just throw it all away? They go, I can't throw it all away. This is extremely important. You go, okay, well, why don't you answer it all the second you get it? (laughs) And they go, I can't do that. There's too much of it. I don't get anything done. And you're like, well, so maybe just those two extremes are not the answer to your question. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're going to have to do something real grown up (laughs) that somewhere in between represents a compromise with yourself about what you can live with. So you don't, you don't, you know, there's there's not any particular honor in being the most stressed out person in the world. It it seems like there are a lot of people walking around who kind of tacitly would like to be awarded the title of the most stressed out and busy person in the world. Because boy, you know, wouldn't that be great? Finally, you'd be appreciated in your time as the person who actually is going to drop dead in their like twenties or thirties from a heart attack. (laughs) Like, oh my God, finally. Finally, the Academy has noticed me. You can see how little I get accomplished every day because I spend so much of every day being freaked out about how freaked out I am. At last, at long last, statues will be erected. Park benches will be dropped from helicopters with my name on it. Everybody will finally acknowledge that I am the most stressed out and overworked person in the world. Well, that award does not really exist except in your head. Mm. Like that's, you're not helping anybody by doing that. You're not, you're certainly, believe it or not, you're really not helping yourself. It's just that I think that, I think that when we start having lots of conversations with ourselves in our head, uh, we may not be realizing we're having those conversations with ourselves. And, and there's something kind of, maybe not comforting, but something not quite self-aggrandizing, but something along those lines of like, well, at least I can be confident in knowing that I am more freaked out than anybody else about everything. (laughs) And it's like, well, you know, that's not going to make your kid happy. That's not going to make your husband or wife happy. It's not going to make your, your boss happy. It's not, you know, you're going to have to do this thing. That's really super frustrating and not very grand and certainly not very heroic, which is that you're going to have to go, well, you know, I probably should go to bed a little bit earlier Yeah, and I probably should get up a little bit earlier and I should probably do a little bit less of these little kind of small pebble projects through the day that end up taking more time than I realize. Mm-hmm. Wow. Is that ever an unsatisfying thing to realize? It's, 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 it's so much easier to think of yourself as this Wagnerian like character, like somebody with these really grand problems. And the things, the problems are not actually all that interesting. You just, if you just feel like if you build them up enough, they're going to become really interesting and they're really not. It's really actually, it's kind of, it's one of those things I guess you realize maybe as you get a little older is you're, you're, you're no Wagner character. Like you're just, you're just a dude at a job. Relax. Like, is it really, it doesn't need to be that stressful. Right. And I say this because I, I have yelled at myself like that. Like I've been in my own little, like, you know, ring cycle and, and trying to figure, <laughs> figure out, like, I don't know. Um, 
but it's I, I, I I'm, I'm sorry I'm not offering anything very useful here all, all I can say is that that it goes back to something we said or I said a long time ago uh, in this episode is that you know all we have these aspirations and these aspirations aspirations about our life about what we should be doing really aspirations about who we think we are who we think we should be and aspirations about like how we're almost where we need to be except for like there's something there like there's this something out there that if I could just get this one thing nailed, like everything's going to be okay. I just need a little bit more time. I just need a little bit more help from my colleagues. Mm-hmm. I just need a slightly shorter commute. I just need a little bit more money. I just need w- whatever that thing is. And like I, I was telling Sean Roderick about you know the parable of the eighty three problems. It's kind of back to a flavor of the eighty three problems. Like you're always going to have eighty three problems, and your problem is you think you shouldn't have. You have the eighty fourth problem. Which is you think you shouldn't have eighty three problems like everybody else. So I mean, I think I think the the resolution to that in some ways is to be very modest. Start out with very modest goals because as much as you like aspire to be this person who's relaxed or aspire to be this person who's successful and getting all this stuff accomplished, like the more that you walk around with that aspiration that image in your head of who you should be, and the longer you don't get anywhere near that, the more difficult it's going to become because you're going to be creating this more and more heroic and impossible image of yourself. I mean, what you really need to do is really freaking simple. Just little, tiny, dumb steps. Yeah. And But they do involve the acknowledgement of scarcity. Whether it's the scarcity in the amount of time you can hang out before bedtime, or it's the scarcity in the amount of time that you can go and play on the swings before the train gets here. You know, but... I don't know. I Did you, by any chance, look at that article? I sent you an article this morning. You probably haven't had a chance to look at it. I in thought it was... Like, email or text? Um, I sent you this thing. Basically, it's in show notes. Um, it was in a New York Times blog it's called uh, Deal Book. Oh yeah, and um, it's anyway. It was it's it's yeah, kind of cheesy, but it had a couple good things. And more reflection, less action. And this guy starts out this article saying, uh, earlier this week, I found myself talking with the chief of staff to the chief executive of a large company. Two of them have been on the road. It's, uh, it's brutally said, but typical. My boss essentially has no openings on his schedule for the next three months. <laughs> <laughs> and you know whatever <laughs> oh my god welcome to shooting straw man in a barrel but right. you know but i've met people like that you meet people who are like they they are actually they seem kind of into the fact that they have literally no time to do anything and and it seems like this impossible unchangeable thing and uh anyway i'll just cut to the chase this is this uh you know there's a lot of uh, hand waving and that's a pretty good article but he ends up with these two things i thought were really so simple and so smart and I'm just going to read this. Uh, when I can't decide whether something is worth my time, I try to stop and answer two reflective questions, a task that ends up saving rather than costing time. Number one, could someone else do this just as well or better than I can? And if so, I try to turn it over. Number two, is the time and energy I invest going to produce anything I'll still consider worth having done a month from now? And those those sound, I guess, maybe kind of navel-gazy, mm-hmm. but boy, I think if I if I did those two things more often, I think I would probably be a slightly better person mm-hmm. with slightly better time management, especially number two, right? Because there's not that many things. Like in your case, you've got a staff of people, you work with different people, but you know, there's, there's, there's this one thing that all time management kind of, I feel like should come down to time management, life management, planning, however you want to think about that stuff, getting the aspiration, you know, getting yourself more in line with your aspiration uh, kind of comes down to this one thing, which is like, you know, 
in this instance, if I come back and look at what I've done, what I've been stressing out, if I look at this a month from now, will this be worthwhile? Or in my parlance, like, is this worth having stressed this much about mm. if I look back at this mm-hmm. a month from now? And so when I, when, I, when I try to exercise this and I'm having a good day with this kind of thinking about time management, I, I, I'll ask myself, like, is this a good thing for me to be doing right now? Um, and I, I guess when I catch myself and I ask that question, I, I'm astonished at how often what I'm doing is not actually even doing any work. What I'm doing is worrying about work or what I'm doing is, is thinking about what I should be doing. And I can pretty much promise whatever your aspirations are that when you look back on what you're doing right now, a month from now, if what you're doing right now is worrying about what you're worried that you're not doing, I can almost guarantee you that a month from now, that will not seem like a good use of your time. <laughs> But if your aspirations are out of whack with how your time is being spent, whether that's in sleep or in cars or on playgrounds or whatever, the, the thing is, though, if, if it, that is perpetually out of whack every day, you're, you've got a sleep deficit every day, you've got you know, a face full of shaving cuts every day because right. you're not doing it, something's out of line. And something, something should make you, I don't know, just kind of want to rejigger that on, on even the most basic level. I mean, one simple thing, so trite, so easy, but like try going to bed half an hour earlier. I mean, think about what that could mean to you going to bed half an hour earlier. And let's say you're going real black diamond and you want to be super cool. Like, how about if you like got your coffee ready the night before you already pulled out, selected the clothes your kid is going to wear tomorrow that you're going to hopefully going to force them to wear if they don't decide to have a fashion show for, for two hours. <laughs> Get all that stuff done the night before and then try to go to bed like, like half an hour earlier. And if you did that like three nights out of five, you would be so much closer to your aspirations than you would by sitting there and steaming about like why your friend hasn't arrived and you've been waiting there for 20 minutes. Yeah. Like for you to actually take a proactive role in improving the way that you do something, that will consequently have a change in the ways that you think about things. And if you're thinking less about the stuff that you're not doing and you're actually doing it more and with rest, I think that's a salutary change. Uh, so I have a question for you um, about this, but before I do it, I'm going to tell about some. Yes. Else. Sorry about that. I went on. No, I, lo- I like when you do that. I like when you prepared and you have, you know, the script. Uh, <laughs> HostGator, premier web hosting provider. Love these folks. You're going to start a website. You want to start out. You don't know what you need. This is the th- this is the reality. You don't know what you need. I mean, maybe you do, and if you do, that's fine. They can help you there too. But a lot of the time, you may want to start out with just, just something where you're month to month. You know, get a get a little hosting plan. Start out with a shared thing. You oh, things are going well. You want to upgrade? Get a VPS. That's what I like. Virtual private server. You know what? You can even go a whole hog. You can go Marco, and you can get a dedicated server. They'll they'll customize a rack mount a server up for you. HostGator does all of this stuff and they understand all of this stuff. They understand how it fits together and they can help you make the most of this. And, and you know, it's all month to month stuff. You don't need long-term commitments, which is what I like about it. 99.9% uptime, no matter your size or needs. It's a really amazing. If you're a WordPress user, you're going to love their one click installs. They've got an optimized hosting platform for this and tons and tons of folks uh, are, are taking advantage of their reseller stuff so that if you go and you make a, uh, you make a, a, you know, website for someone, you can have them host it and you can resell that service. It's genius. Uh, all of this built in white label stuff, 24 seven support, unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, all the one click installs, optimized hosting stuff, 30% off. Now they do a whole lot over there. They do a whole lot over there. You want to get SSL certificates. You want to do, I mean, you've got to check out what they offer. It's not 
just hosting. Uh, even though they're called HostGator, they do a lot more. Back to work is the code that will get you 30% off everything you do. So go check out what they offer, hostgator.com. Thanks very much to HostGator for supporting 5 by 5 and Back to Work code, Back to Work. Hey, Benjamin. So here's, here's the question I've got for you. Yes. At what point should you... Okay, let me do, take one step back. If I am in a situation where I find that I'm rushing in the morning, in the back of my mind, I know that that's because of choices that I've made. For example, I don't have to look at email in the morning. I don't have to do that. I could not look at the email. And even though I might only spend three to five minutes as a time box email looking time. And as long as I keep it in that three to five minutes, and I'm very good about that. I just sort of glance at my email. Did anything horrible happen in the night? Uh, or is everything okay? You know, just the general status of of the world. Good. Nothing terrible has happened. Oh, this person says hi. And okay, great. Then super like I'm not going to spend any more, but that was still three to five minutes. And you know what? Yeah. I looked at Twitter for five minutes too. And after you've done two or three of these things, that's 15 or 20 minutes that, you know, even if you, well, I, I kind of looked at email on my phone after I first got up while I was brushing my teeth, but you know what? Like brushing my teeth without Looking at the email takes exactly two minutes. I know that because I use an electric toothbrush and it has a cycle that lasts for two minutes. Yeah. And then it goes at the end to let you know that you're done. Um, I go, you know, and then I, then you stop and then there's another minute or two where I'm set, but little things like that add up. And I say, well, you know what? Like, I like that. That's like a nice part of my routine. Why can't I, I do that? Well, the reason I can't do that is because when I, when I get my kid to school and he's three minutes late, where did that three minutes come from? It came from me yeah, reading email. It seems, you like know? There's like this, it seems like every morning there's some period of around 25 minutes that gets smashed into two minutes. We're like, what just happened? Like it was, it was, it was almost half an hour ago, five minutes ago. Right. Like <laughs> what happens? That was not five. There's no way that that was half an hour. That really right. felt like five minutes. Right. Yeah. And so then now I've got to do the thing that I really don't want to do, which is say, well, I guess I just can't, I guess I just can't look at email then. You know, and, but I, I, but I enjoy that. Well, I, then you got to go to bed five or 10 minutes earlier. Well, yeah, but I, I really want to be able to be a human being for a couple of hours after my kids are. So, you know what I mean? Like there, it, it, and, and then there's that part of you, part of me that says that's unfair. I, I should have time because I used to have time to do that. I used to have time to lay in bed. I can't anymore. Why not? That's not fair. I should be able to do that. You know what I mean? And you've got to say, well, you just can't do that then. But that's not fair. I think I think one reason I feel like I used to have more time for things was I didn't used to be as critical um, about my performance, for example, in things. Like I, I when I when I think about like I used to be I used to be able to drink all night and then stay up and burp, 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 burp. well yeah, but I mean like I was less critical of it was it was less critical that I be in fighting shape at six a.m. the next day because I had less stuff I had to do. You know, so, so in some cases that, that might just be a sign. I'm not criticizing you. I'm actually saying that might be a sign that you're getting better at stuff. You're becoming more picky about how well you do at things. You may, that this may be life's way of telling you that there is less stuff you can do well in that time. And, and I, I hear you though. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm the same way. My, my problem in the morning when, with the way you're describing that is that I'm, I'm so dopey in the morning that I don't even if I, as you say, time box this to be like a three minute thing, it's rarely going to really be a three minute thing. 
And whatever I start doing, if I'm like laying in bed or like, yeah, like laying in bed, looking at my phone, like I'll disappear into that Mm -hmm. much more easily than at other times of day. Because it's really, it's kind of easy to do. It's a little bit stressful. I had a, I had a slightly stressful morning with, with email today, but like it, uh, it, it was not fun, but, uh, I had to fire a client today. That was not very fun. Did you really? Yeah, I really, I hate doing that. And it's like, it's a crummy way to start the day. And it kind of, it put me in a little bit of a sour mood for a while. Cause mm-hmm. I got up, I thought, Oh, I'm cock of the walk. Look at me. I'm up and it's four 30 in the morning or whatever. And I went and checked my email and like, I was like, all right, I gotta go do this thing. You know, and then honestly, and then I actually did end up spending much more time on email this morning than I had expected to. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I wrote to you. Yep. <laughs> I don't usually do that no. in the morning. No. But I mean, so for me, partly it's that I, I, I guess I feel like I, I know that like probably three days out of five, I can do that. I can look at email and still be able to do the things I need to do in the morning or, or whatever it is. It's just that for me, like if I'm honest with myself, the, the amount of time and really we've got. And I always, I have to say that on a day, every day, but Wednesday, my wife pretty much takes care of everything with getting my daughter ready for school. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of my job on Wednesdays, but you know, even, even today, just the small amount of, of, of help that would be required for me to be able to get up and, you know, and, and read a little bit. It's, it's really like this, this one hour is a pretty fixed amount of time. There's about one hour or so that we have to go from zero to 60, that stuff has to happen or there will be consequences. And my problem is it's just a personal weakness, which is that in the case of something like email or in the case of starting any kind of a project, it could even be like washing dishes, something that's a good thing, like a helpful thing Mm -hmm. is that like everything takes so much longer than I think in the morning. And that amount of fixed time doesn't change. So that, that, that's where I run into problems. And so, you know, I, I've, I've learned to, I so rarely use this word, I guess, prioritize. Mm. So it'll be something like, well, yeah, we can read a comic, but we'll read a comic after everything but shoes are on and you've brushed teeth. Then we can read a comic. Cause then you, if you don't, you get compression. Everything's all shucky jivey and everybody's having a great time. And then you realize it's five minutes before you have to walk <laughs> out the door and there's still like six things that need to be done. Yeah. Right. And that's when I get careless. And that's when you forget your, you leave your phone at home or you forget the form that you're supposed to sign and bring in. And, you know, my brain is so peculiarly ill-suited to doing that kind of stuff well in the morning. That does help me a lot to do that kind of, when I can do that stuff the night before. I don't know. In your case, though, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you, I don't know. I feel like, I hate to admit it, but I feel like I kind of do need to like look at email before I start my day. Yeah, no, I, that's what I'm saying. Like you kind of want to, it's a value of mine not to, but there are days and there are times when I'm like, in this case, like today, I was like, I got to find out what the status, what this ding dong is. And, uh, and the status was not where it needed to be. And I was like, F it. Like I've got to go like deal with this. And it was not fun. It was, it made my morning kind of less savory in addition to the fact that I hadn't slept as much as I would like. But I mean, I guess that just changes day by day. You know, you got to have the resilience to know that tomorrow it could be a little bit better. What would you do? Well, now what would you do differently to change that today? Like, or no, today's different because you had more time. But on days when you feel stressed out, like, what would you do differently personally? If you wanted more time to shave or you wanted more time, is that something? Is there any flexibility on any end? Could you go to bed earlier? Could you get up earlier? Could you do fewer things or do them differently? I could definitely go to bed earlier. That's the big one. That's your only chance for Dan time. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, it really is. And, you know, but like going to bed earlier, that's, that's the easy solution that I just don't want to do, you know, (laughs) but like, yeah, I know. Like if I went to bed at nine 30, 
then I'd have no problem or 10. Let's just be, let's be reasonable and say 10 or even 1030 instead of, <laughs> instead of maybe, <laughs> maybe it's 1030. Maybe I should start thinking about going up. You know, it's more like, well, it's 11 and yeah. And then I'll get, you know, okay. And all of a sudden, like you're going to sleep at 1230. Is that mostly like midnight around, around midnight? When you go to bed. Yeah. Um, and I try, I'm trying to make that happen earlier. Like, so I would say if, if I'm, if I'm in bed at 1030, I'm golden for the next day. Like I can wake up early. I could do whatever I need. No problem. But it, like, if it's more like 1130 or I look at the clock as I'm drifting off, it's 1130, it's 12, it's 1230. It always seems to be 1230 all of a sudden. And, yeah, and that's, that's the tough part. If, if I knew that, you know, if I could get back on it, like before I had kids, I was like rock solid. I didn't, I never used or needed an alarm. And I would go to bed every night and I would be closing my eyes at 1130 and I would be opening my eyes at 730 and it was beautiful. Nothing, nothing could, you know, I mean, if I had to fly somewhere, then it would change. But like, that was just this magical thing. And I would lay down at 1130, I wake up at 730. It was perfect. Seven days a week, years and years went by like that. It was great. And now, you know, my kids are up at 630. This is when the screaming starts. Yeah. And it's, I don't mean this to be a, like a bitch and complaint, but like, you know, if, if, if any, if our daughter's up, like we need to be engaged with her. Yeah. Or, oh or yeah. Tell no, her, they can't. Or, or, or tell her to go away. Like, she, it's like no, which <laughs> right. I don't do, but it's like, that's you, your choice. God, could, could we just like, just sit here in silence for a while, like Ron Swanson or something. Right. Could we just, could we please just sit here in silence for 15 minutes? Does there have to be an activity? But you know, I in in two or three years, I'm gonna be craving that. So I should shut my shut my face hole. Damn. Did you tell me about something else you like? Yeah, I've got this last thing, and these are some folks that uh, we've told you about before. Uh, great friends of the show, and and uh, one of my fifth, not my favorite, one of my favorite companies, Warby Parker. Uh, they make they make the glasses that I wear. Their their slogan is a new concept in eyewear, and, and the concept is that you should not have to spend as much on glasses as you do on an iPhone. <laughs> That's basically their concept. Uh, because, you know, back before Warby Parker, true story, I usually had to spend 450 to, to, to 600 bucks on a pair of glasses. And this is because the insurance coverage that I had and have did very, very little to cover glasses because it was outrageously expensive. And I've got one of these wonky prescriptions and all this stuff that just, it, I would wind up, wind up spending hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars on a pair of glasses. It just didn't make any sense. And when these guys first came out, I was skeptical. I mean, like, do you really, what could glasses that you order really be any good? But they are, they're awesome. And I have to tell you the best decision I've ever made regarding anything like fashion or any semblance of fashion has been these glasses. Everybody compliments me on them. And they always ask me where they are, uh, where they're from. And I'm like, Oh, they're from Marby Parker. And then you order them online and it's really, really cool. Uh, they, they also support like nonprofit stuff like vision spring so that for every pair of glasses that they sell, they distribute a pair to one of the 1 billion people who don't, wouldn't normally have access to glasses. So they're, they're, they're really cool. But how much is it a regular pair of prescription Warby Parker starts at 95 bucks. 
They've also That's got crazy yeah, Dan. Yeah, it's That's, crazy. They, they've also got the titanium collection, which is 145 bucks. Both that prescription lenses, and uh, and they they've got the the, the Japanese titanium uh, is really cool. They've got uh, non rocking screws. I mean, it, it, polycarbonate prescription lenses are built in. Now, if you're like me, uh, the polycarbonate ones don't work. You got to get what's called high index. Uh, lenses. Well, that's automatic. If you put your, when you put your prescription into Warby Parker, they'll be like, Oh, you need high index lenses. It's, it's a couple bucks more, but you're still in the same basic price range. And we've talked about this before. They've got the home try on program where you get five pairs of glasses sent to you, uh, to try free for five days. And then you'd send them back for free. Uh, it's, it's really cool. Anyway, they're running a special deal. Um, normally when you get your prescription glasses, You'll get them within uh, 10 business days. But here's the special part. Back to work listeners can get free three-day shipping on your order. You go to warbyparker.com slash Dan. Probably the best URL they've ever made, I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, warbyparker.com slash Dan. You will get three-day free shipping on your order. And uh, again, keep in mind they're, they're distributing these to people who don't normally get glasses when you order. So, uh, and, and the, the uh, home try on thing, that's free no matter what, but uh, warbyparker.com slash Dan, you'll get the free three day shipping. Go check them out. Thanks very much. Warby for supporting five by five and back to work with Merlin, man. I'm Dan. Mm. Oh, and uh, JXPX777 in the chat room says, worth noting, you can do more than one home try-on. I did two rounds before picking out the ones I just ordered. Wow. Yeah. And he's a magician. Is he? Just because oh, he's, he's fancy or because he actually does magic? Well, I mean, he is a magical personality, but he also, he, he has a, uh, a tux that he wears a lot. And he's constantly pulling things out of his sleeve. Not in a healthy way. Kleenexes. Ugh. Balls and Jacks, uh, Stouffer's Dinners, Lincoln, Nicene Creed. It's <clears throat> a weird one, Dan. What this episode was? Yeah, yeah, it's a weird one. Time stuff. It's complicated. I just, complicated. I, you know, and it's like it's funny because in this case, I know the answer. The answer is go to bed earlier, wake up earlier. <sighs> What I yeah. really want, what would really be nice is let me go to bed at the same time that I want to go to bed. Let me wake up at the same time that I want to wake up and just let me get there later than I have to currently get there. But then you wonder, well, maybe I'd just stay up even later and wake up even later if that happened. Like if all of a sudden I had to be at, 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 to his school an hour later than I am now, would I really keep waking up at the same time or would I push that? I don't know. Well, you know, this is uh, really cheesy. But I'm going to just toss this out. It's something I try to keep in mind. And um, it's so we talk a lot about like things were easier or less complicated when we were younger because we didn't have quite as many obligations. We didn't have quite as many things that would die that day if we Mm -hmm. didn't take care of it. Mm -hmm. Certainly we had jobs. Everybody's got pressures. I mean, I think I was in some ways way more stressed out in my 20s than I am now. I was. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but, you know, (laughs) it isn't because of life. That was just because of how I dealt with stuff. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Um, So I think something to keep in mind, and boy, I really, I hope to God this is the cheesiest thing I say on the show, um, (laughs) is, is to remember that in all of that stress of running around and doing life stuff, just remember like that, that this is what it is. This is the gig. Like what, what you're, what we do every day when we get up is, is our life. Our, our life is not something under a bell jar that we get to for half an hour each night. 
Like, you know, it isn't your LARPing. Right. It isn't your cosplay. It isn't your <laughs> Mylar bags. Like your life is what you're living all the time. And there's a, a I don't know. I mean, I think this can be a, a, a secular a, a approach to a problem or uh, th- that everybody suffers from, which is just to remember that like w- this, this, this broth that we're all soaking in all day long, this, this uh, strange and disruptive relationship we have with time and expectations and aspirations and all those things. Like it's, it's just, it's all, as I like to say, every minute costs the same. And, you know, there, there, I mean, to put it to be Debbie Downer, like, yeah, there will be a day when I wish I'd had more times when I read my, my daughter a comic book while my wife was cooking muffins. Like, how many of those do I get? Do I get three of those? Do I get seven of those? I bet I don't get 40 of those. How many more of those do I have? I don't know. But it, it does help me sometimes. I am so far from perfect at this. I am so far from like being whole about this. I woke up at four in the morning and fired a client today. I didn't have that great of a morning. I'm, yeah. so, I'm super tired and sick. But what I can tell you is like sometimes in the midst of all of that, I'll catch myself and remember that I don't really have to be on that train in two minutes. I could be on that train in 20 minutes. And I could actually, instead of saying, yelling at my daughter to move faster for a non-existent deadline... I could say, surprise her by saying, hey, why don't we go get a hot chocolate and go through the park? And not only do I get to be a hero, but we get an extra 15 minutes together that we wouldn't have had before in that same way. Can't do that all the time, but in everything we do, every decision that we make every morning, every whatever, like that's the life that we're living. It's all those little dumb decisions. It's all, all the times that we're stressed out. Those, those times don't get like washed off our record. That's still our life. All the time that we're unhappy and stressed, that's still our life. It, it, it isn't like we get to just pick, pick out the highlights reel and be these great people. It's whoever we are is who we are. Mm-hmm. And sometimes not every day, not every hour, but sometimes catch yourself and go like, whatever this dumb thing I'm doing right now is, that's my life. And I can choose to have a certain disposition about that. I could choose to see this as like this kind of this gift that I have right now and appreciate it for that. Or I could be really mad that I'm not the way that I'd like to be in life, which I'm not really doing anything to change anyway. And how weird is that? So I don't know, like I say, I know it's really cheesy, but like it really does, it does kind of matter to remember that sometimes. You don't even have to be smarmy about it. It could be that you just love patting your dog on the head. Take an extra minute and do that. Like it's just that I think sometimes we have this approach to change that involves a lot of frustration and emotion that eventually amounts to very, very little in terms of actual change. So we're, we're okay with all those emotions we feel about being mad and disappointed mm-hmm. and all those things. But we shy away from these feelings of going like, well, if it really matters to me to, to have this one hour a morning with a child or with a dog or with a computer or whatever it is that you love, like what, if you looked at it, looked at that as the gift that it is, it might seem less like a burden. And you might say, well, you know, maybe there's not really that much I have to do tonight. Maybe I will go to bed a little early. I'll get up early tomorrow and I'll be the, I'll be the one that makes the muffins tomorrow morning. How surprising would that be? So, I mean, if I remember that two times a month, I'm better off than I was not to. So I'm not saying to do that every day, but whenever you're getting real stressed out, just remember you're alive. You could be so much worse off. You could be in such a worse condition. All the stress that we have, the things that you stressed about last month, the things you stressed about 20 years ago, it all just went away. You're still stressed about stuff. It's not making stuff any better. 
So like, what are the things that you can do to just be here in this moment right now and be a little more into it and, and pat the dog or buy the hot chocolate or caress the computer or whatever it is that makes you feel whole. And but just try that a couple times a day. Just, just try to remember that. And even if you decide to stay angry and mad that you didn't get to turn the lights on in the morning, still just sit with it for a minute. And I think that can actually have a big impact on how your life goes. That's great. Please cut that out. Yeah, I'll delete all that in post. Okay, let's it up. I love you. I love you too, Merlin, man. 